0: So again, turning your Bibles to the book of John, chapter 17, as we're going to look at the prayer of Jesus this morning. And we want to talk a, a, a lot about this, and we want to unpack this. But before, I, I just want to let you know about a couple of things um, that, that, uh, that I noticed and that I've learned uh, over the last, oh, I don't know, week and a half or so. Um, and and the, first, the first thing I wanted to mention was Ian. Uh, Ian has been um, an intern with us now for a month and a half or so. I, I don't, I've lost count, maybe a month, maybe maybe a couple weeks. I'm not sure. but um, uh, Ian preached last Sunday in my absence, and I was really excited to hop in the car and put his, put his message on and um, before he even got out of the parking lot, I was listening to it uh, last Sunday and just did a phenomenal job. Didn't you think so? Did you think Ian just did a great job so um, it's 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 awesome. One, one rule I have for for uh, folks that, that, that take the pulpit when I leave is um, make sure that they want me back when I get home. And uh, Ian was close, and so we'll have to we'll have to be careful with how many opportunities we give him. I'm just I'm just kidding with that. But Ian, you did a great job, and thank you um, so much. And uh, another thing um, that that I noticed, and and I'm not sure. Um, if you were able to follow the news uh, this past week, but um, Billy Graham—I mean, just can you imagine the reception that he got when he walked into glory this past week? And just, um, just what an incredible, what an incredible man of God. And I remember being real little, and when when the TVs used to sit on the floor. Right, and we we would have a we had a TV that sat on the floor. That thing was a monster. It was probably about as big as this baptistry, and um, and it was heavy and all of that. But I remember, uh, you know, late at night or in, you know at nighttime. I say late at night after my bedtime, whenever that was, I don't remember, and just watching Billy Graham and just being mesmerized at the crowds, and then having the, an opportunity in 1990. 1996 to actually be a part of a Billy Graham crusade in Charlotte, North Carolina uh, at, at Panthers Stadium um, and, and be a part of that thing and just watch um, in amazement at what God was doing in and through um, his commitment. And you know, what's inspiring about Billy Graham and his story is that whole thing was driven by prayer. If you ask Billy Graham and I forget the quote now, but if you ask Billy Graham uh, what he attributes uh, his quote-unquote success—I hate calling it success—but you know, I mean, he he made a dent in hell for sure um, uh, by his faithfulness to God. Um, but but he he credits all of it to prayer. And in fact, a few people that during every crusade wherever he was would lock themselves in a the hotel room and pray non-stop for everything that was happening across the street and everything that was going on during those crusades. And so just what a great man of God. And uh, it was inspiring. We've got some friends that were, uh, watched the, the processional yesterday down in North Carolina and they were posting pictures and it's just amazing. And, you know, I just felt like, you know, recognizing that today and just, um, thanking God for such an incredible man and, and his faithfulness. So, um, yeah, uh, and and then lastly, um, wanted to just let you know because I, I feel like I feel like it's important, you know, the pastor three days three weeks into a uh, merged church skips town, leaves. I'd had enough. I thought about not coming back. The flip flops felt really good. <laughs> just gonna be honest, and the sweet tea. But anyway. Um, uh, last last Sunday, we Kristen and, and and the kids and I were just very blessed. Um, Daw- we we got we got to attend Dawson is it Dawson Memorial or Dawson Dawson Memorial Baptist Church down in Birmingham, Alabama. Now they don't they don't say it like that. They say it, Dawson Memorial Baptist Church down here in Birmingham, Alabama. Boy, man, boy. Anyway, that's how they say it. But uh, um. Dawson was, was the one, were the ones that uh, inspired the We Love Gorham event, which is where South Gorham and South Coast really got connected. That we blame, I mean, we thank for the merger opportunity of Summit Community Church. And so, got the privilege to be a part of them last week. And man, we were really a part of them. I've never... Been a part of a tighter family of faith than that church, and was just blown away by the love and support that they shared with us. I I got the privilege at eight a.m. They have three services. One of them is eight a.m. and it's really nine a.m., which is nice um, because we were an hour behind. Uh, But I got the privilege of of, of of sharing in a Sunday school class. And the role for this Sunday school class, now get this, is 150 people. 150 adults are on the role of this Sunday school class. But they had a lot of people out, I think because they heard who was coming to teach. and uh, Because I kid you not, there's like college professors that teach this Sunday school class and all of that. Um, but, but we had 100 in that Sunday school class last Sunday morning. At about this time, I was in front of them. And I wanted to show you this picture. This was, this was last Sunday morning. Now, the guy in the middle... We're, we're giving him a little bit of a hard time, because one of these things doesn't fit. Me and the guy on the right were, were tall and the guy in the middle was not. And uh, anyway, but um, I show you this for a reason. Um, the, the guy in the middle comes up to me last Sunday morning and he says, "Travis, you need to know that every Tuesday morning, at seven is it seven am? At, at, at 7 a.m." a group of us gather together and pray for you and your family by name. He knew my kids' names. He knew their birthday. And I had never talked to this guy before. Um, which is, you know, could be a little creepy. But no, it, it wasn't. Um, but, uh, but, but every Tuesday morning, he said, I want you to know that we pray for you. We pray for you. And we're thankful for what you're doing up there in Maine. Please tell Summit Church, that we're praying for them too. And so, I show you this picture because right now, literally, they're in that classroom. And the, the, the tall guy to the right is, is probably teaching a great word this morning. And we're on their minds. And isn't that awesome? Isn't that awesome? The power of prayer. I had never met these guys before in my life. And yet I walk into a room last Sunday morning and felt a part of their family. That's the unity that comes only from Jesus. That is the unity that only can come from Jesus. And we, as the church of Jesus, get to be a part of that. And prayer is such a powerful tool when it comes to unity. And so I share that with you this morning as we launch into John chapter 17, and here's what I want to do, because John chapter 17 is a, is a big chunk of Scripture, okay, but I want us to read through the whole thing, and this is actually really three parts, okay, it's the prayer of Jesus, um, he, He's on His way uh, to the cross, that's going to be made clear here as we're, as we're reading uh, this this morning. And he, and he really prays for three groups of people. And so this prayer is broken into three parts. But I want us to read the whole thing. I want us to read Jesus' entire prayer. This is the longest recorded prayer of Jesus that we have in the Scriptures. And so I want us to read the whole thing. And then we're going to come back and we're going to talk about the three parts of this prayer. You excited? You ready this morning? Let's look at the prayer of Jesus. John chapter 17 Verse 4 I have glorified you on earth, underline this, star this, having accomplished the work that you gave me to do. And now, Father, glorify me in your own presence with the glory that I had with you before the world existed. Verse 6 I have manifested your name to the people whom you gave me out of the world. Yours they were, and you gave them to me, and they have kept your word. Now they know that everything that You have given Me is from You. Verse 8, For I have given them the words that You gave Me, and they have received them. And I have come to know in truth that I came from You. And they have believed that You sent Me. I am praying for them. I am not praying for the world, but for those whom You have given Me. For they are Yours. All Mine are Yours. And Yours are Mine. But now I am coming to you, and these things I speak in the world, and they, that they may have my joy fulfilled in themselves. Verse 14, I have given them your word, and the world has hated them because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. I do not ask that you take them out of the world, but that you keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them in your truth. Your word is truth. As You sent Me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. And for their sake I consecrate Myself, that they also may be sanctified in the truth. Verse 20, I do not ask for these only, but also for those who will believe in Me through their word, that they may all be one, just as You, Father, are in Me, and I in You, that they also may be in us, so that the world may believe that You have sent Me. Verse 22, The glory that You have given Me, I have given to them, that they may be one even as We are one, I in them and You in Me, that they may become perfectly one, so that the world may know that You sent Me and loved them even as You loved Me. Father, I desire that they also, whom You have given Me, may be with Me where I am, to see My glory that You have given Me because You loved Me before the foundation of the world. O righteous Father, even though the world does not know You, I know You. And these know that You have sent Me. Verse 26, I made known to them Your name and I will continue to make it known that, they, that the love with which You have loved Me may be in them and I in them. What, what a powerful prayer. What a powerful passage of Scripture. And, and, and Jesus here prays for three groups of people. And so as, as we're unpacking this passage this morning, these 26 verses, I, I want to point out who He prays for. I want to start out by pointing out who He prays for. In the first five verses, John 17 verses 1-5, through five, Jesus prays for Himself. Jesus prays for Himself. I want you to look back at that. Father, the hour has come. Glorify Your Son that the Son may glorify You since You've given Him authority over all flesh to give eternal life to all whom You have given Him. And and notice what He prays in verse 4. What a powerful verse of Scripture that this is. He says that He had completed the work that God the Father had given Him to do. God, I've completed the work. Daddy, I've completed the work that you gave me to do. What had Jesus completed? What had Jesus done? The cross hadn't happened yet. The burial hasn't happened yet. The resurrection hasn't happened yet. And so a few years ago, when this passage of Scripture really came to light for me, I was fascinated to see What Jesus had completed. And when you think about all that Jesus had done, all that Jesus had completed, you could sum it up into one thing He had made disciples. As Jesus is praying on the way to the cross, and as He prays for Himself, which I'm gonna get to that here in just a moment, He says, I've completed the work that You gave me to do, I've made disciples. I've made disciples. How powerful that is when we think about why we're here today. Because, you know, that, that word, di- discipleship, it's kind of a, a buzzword nowadays. Everybody, when I came to Maine, you know, seven years ago, um, and, and, and as a senior pastor, everybody wanted to know if, if I was going to major on discipleship. Everybody wanted more discipleship. Nobody knew what that meant. Nobody knew what that was. Nobody knew how to do it. Nobody understood that. But Jesus says in Matthew chapter 28, go into all the world and make disciples. Right? And so we should probably do better at that. And what people typically mean, what people typically want when they say that, is they want more depth. Show me, show me more Bible study. Use more Greek words. And if you even, hey, if you want to really disciple me, use Hebrew words. Because that's big time. Right? And that's what we Kind of equated to this buzzword of discipleship. But what Jesus had done for 33 and a half years, mainly three and a half years, was that he had done life with 12 guys. He had poured everything that he had into 12 people. Why? So that they could go and do the same. That was the work that He had completed. And you know what? Discipleship is hard. It's hard to sit across the table from someone over coffee and pour your heart out. You know what discipleship takes? Humility and vulnerability. And those are two things that I think in our culture we struggle with big time. Humility and vulnerability. Humility and vulnerability. One of the things that um, we had to do while we were down in, in Florida is, is um, we've got some friends of ours that own a house down there and they were doing some repairs to their house. And, um, and, and one of the repairs required getting on the roof of a three-story house with a harness attached to a rope, and doing some work up there on a metal roof that was very slippery. Now, now, now here's, here's the thing, okay? I was not going to tell Dwayne, who owns this house, that I'm deathly afraid of heights. I was not going to go there with vulnerability. I kind of casually offered one night over dinner that I would get on top of the roof And he quickly said, oh, no, 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 I'll wear the harness, you just hold the rope. And I was perfectly okay with that situation. I was fine having his life in my hands, sitting on a deck, holding a rope, as opposed to having my life in his hands on top of a metal roof, because I'm a lot more clumsy than he is. But I didn't want to admit that over the dinner table. Because there were four sets of ears, you know, Vera, couldn't quite get it yet. She's almost 11 months, right? But still, I didn't want to bust, burst her bubble too soon and thinking that daddy couldn't get on top of the roof. So I was more than willing to talk about getting on top of the roof, but I knew when push came to shove, there was no way I was getting on top of that roof. Vulnerability's hard because we think we're invincible we think that we can do everything. You know what the Bible says apart? You know what the Bible says about that in John chapter 15? Jesus says apart from me you can do nothing. Apart from me you can do nothing. Apart from me you can do nothing. And so if we're all on that same level playing field, why in the world is humility and vulnerability so difficult for us? Why is it hard for us to get close to each other and to share our hearts with each other on that level? Jesus says in John chapter 17, verse 4, Daddy, I've completed the work that you gave me to do. And He prays for Himself. When I was... um, Growing up in church, I thought that it wasn't allowed. I I didn't think it was a I didn't think we were allowed to 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 pray for ourselves. I didn't think we were allowed to ask for prayer for ourselves because then it made it about me. And and you weren't supposed to make it about you, right? You weren't supposed to make it about you. It's supposed to be about everyone else. Because if you made it about you, then that was then that was prideful right it showed you know and it was and you were trying to make everything about me and then and then I look at the prayer of Jesus and the first thing that he prays for the first thing that he prays about is him and so I thought to myself well if Jesus can pray for him I could probably pray for me too and notice that he starts there he starts there prayer is all about humility and vulnerability. With our Father. And as we're humble and vulnerable with our Father in heaven, guess what? We can be humble and vulnerable with each other. Then the second group of people that Jesus prays for, starting in verse 6, he goes from 6 through 19, he goes 6 through 19 and he prays for those disciples. He prays for the, for the disciples that he had led for the last three years, leading up to this moment. And he prays for a few things here. I've underlined a few of them. In verse 8 he says, uh, I've given them the words that you gave me, and they have received them. They've received them. Notice, Jesus Jesus didn't give them His opinions. Jesus didn't give them what He thought. Jesus gave them the words that God had given Him to give them. You notice that? People don't need our opinions. People don't need our feelings. Mm. Stay strong, Travis. Don't go there. Don't do it. Okay, I think I'm over it. People don't need it. Well, but I just need to say, no, you don't. But people just need to know how I feel. No, I don't think they do. People need to know what the Word of God says. Amen. That's it. That honestly is it. One thing, I, one thing I noticed this past week is I think the enemy is having a heyday. With our feelings yes. and our opinions. Because I think if he can disunify, and this is going to come out a little bit more in a little bit, and that's why I was trying to wait, but I, don't, I just don't think I can, Ray. Don't you think that if the enemy can bring disunity into the church, he's one? God's not the author of confusion. That's not in Scripture. That's not in His word. And one of the biggest things that I notice here in the beginning of Jesus' prayer for His disciples, in this portion where he's praying for His disciples, is that He gave them the words of the Father, and they received them. That's it. That's it. It wasn't, it wasn't, hey, we're going to do this Bible study and then I'm going to give you my commentary on it and I'm going to give you the, kind of how I feel about this and how, I've, how this has played out in my life. No, 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 it wasn't that. God, I've given them the words that You gave me. That's it. And guess what? They received it. Period. Period. No addition. No commentary. Nothing extra. I've given them... The, let me tell you this. So, so, so let's bring this to life. Let's make sense of this. Discipleship isn't discipleship unless there is a Bible between you. Okay? Discipleship is not discipleship unless there is Scripture. Unless there is God's Word. Unless there is talk of the truth of God's Word in your conversation. Other than that, it's just a coffee. It's just a coffee conversation. It's just coffee talk. That's it. Outside of that, that's, that's it. That's it. Now, now sometimes we have to have those moments, right? But if scripture never happens, it's not discipleship. It's not a discipleship relationship. It's not. It's not modeled by, modeled by, not Travis's opinion, not Travis's thoughts, not Travis's experiences, modeled by the prayer of Jesus to his daddy, to his father, to our father as well, saying, What I did, I completed the work that you gave me to do. I made disciples. How did I do it? I gave them the words that you gave me, and they received them. Period. 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 All right, we got to move on; otherwise, we're just going to go right through this entire snowstorm. Uh, uh, Then, then he goes on. Right, he recognizes the authority of the Father. The end of verse nine: for they are yours, all mine are yours, and yours are mine. Into verse ten, and I have and I am glorified in them. All right, and then he goes on to pray in verse eleven: I'm coming to you, Holy Father, keep them in your name. Jesus prays for protection over the disciples. And then, and then get this down in verse 13. But now I am coming to you and these things that speak in the world that they may have My joy fulfilled in themselves. You know what Jesus prayed for His disciples? For the joy to be fulfilled. For their joy to be fulfilled. He prays for their joy. not that awesome? Jesus... On, a, on His way to the cross, prays that these, that these disciples would experience joy, but not only just joy, but joy fulfilled. Fulfilled. And then He says in verse 17, sanctify them and the truth. Your Word is truth as You sent Me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. That word sanctify means to, uh, means to be set apart. Means to be set apart. So, what Jesus is praying here is he's he's praying, uh, uh, make them fit in. No, it's not what he's praying. He's praying, set them apart in the truth. Notice that again the truth, God's word, set them apart in the truth as sent ones. As you sent me, so I am sending them. Go and make disciples, right? As you sent me, I'm sending them. Set them apart in the truth of your word. So he prays for himself. He prays for his disciples. And then in verse 20 through 26, and I wanna, I wanna, I wanna I wanna get here. I wanna get here because this is, believe it or not, is the heart of the the message today. (laughs) I do not ask for these only, but also for those who will believe in me. Through their word. Whose word? The disciples' word. From where? God the Father through Jesus, right? So you see, you see how this is happening? God the Father through Jesus, disciples, the rest of the world. Right? Right? And so, and so Jesus prays here in verse 20, I do not ask for these only, but also for those who will believe. Guess what? If you are a believer in Christ this morning, if you trust Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior this morning, you are on the mind of Jesus in this prayer. I don't know if that overwhelms you like it overwhelms me. Because let's, let's, let's get honest for a second. Let's get real for a second. Let's get vulnerable for a second. Doesn't life just feel lonely at times? Have you ever just felt absolutely alone in what you're doing? Have you ever just felt absolutely alone where you are? I have. I have. I I know. know. Well, Pastor, you're not alone. I know I'm not, but sometimes I feel alone. Okay, I get it. I get it. I know some of you want to come up here and hug me right now, especially Pastor Russ. He just wants to run up here and give me a hug because he loves hugs so much. Right? And just remind me you're not alone. Just... You know, but but sometimes we feel alone. Maybe you got bad news. Maybe maybe there's maybe there's struggle, and that's why when I went in that Sunday school class last Sunday, and this and this guy walks up to me, he's wearing a Carolina blue tie. I don't know if he had done that research too. But he walks up to me and he says, "Every Tuesday morning, we pray for you and your wife." And these four kids by name. And we're thankful for what you're doing. You need to know you're not alone. I just just started to tear up. I got choked up. Because man, that's awesome. And then as I was driving home, the short 27-hour drive home on Friday, and sitting in the car, again, 27 hours, and I was thinking about bringing this message to you guys and, and, and thinking about, alright, all right, God, what's the one thing you want to say? What's the one thing you want to say? And I felt the Lord just nudge me and say, hey, listen, tell them that they were on my mind on the way to the cross. You were on His mind. You're not alone. I'm not alone. Ever as Jesus knows what's ahead in this prayer. He knows what's ahead. He knows what's coming. And yet, He pauses to pray. And not a short prayer. I mean, he's, he's pouring his heart out to his Father here. He, he says some really incredible things in this, in this prayer that I wish we had time to really sit and unpack for a few moments this morning because we're just kind of grazing the surface of this thing. And he prays for himself. He prays for his disciples that where he's completed the work, right? And then he prays for all those who would believe. What was his prayer? I'm glad you asked. His prayer for us, his prayer for all of those who would believe, his prayer for the church in 2018, the 2030, 1991, his prayer for all of those who would believe his church was that they may be one. You see that? You see that there in verse uh, 21? He says, who will believe in me through their word that they may all be one. One. And what are we doing? We're just imitating the unity of the Father and His Son, just as, just, just as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. We are the sent ones of God on mission, and we show the world the love of God through our oneness. Our oneness. Isn't that awesome? That was the prayer of Jesus for His church. That was the prayer of Jesus for us today. That we might be one. I'm not. I'm not sure we're getting this this morning. But isn't that awesome? I stopped off. Um, I'm. I'm a weirdo. Okay. And, and I'm just going to get that out in, in, in the beginning. Wednesday afternoon, we had some time, me and the kiddos. And uh, so we, we took a golf cart, uh, me and the two oldest girls. And we just started driving around. That's how you get around down in Destin, Florida. It was awesome, man, golf cart. Didn't even have to carry my clubs. That was great. And, um, and, and so we just took a golf cart around. And we were driving and, uh, you know, got coffee and popsicles and stuff like that. Um, and, and uh, we're just driving, and all of a sudden, there's the, we come up on this church. I'm like, oh man, that's awesome. There's a church right here. And there were a bunch of cars in the parking lot, and it's kind of a big church. It's called Village Church down in Destin Florida, and so could tell the doors were open, people were walking in and out, and i was I was dressed like a bum. I had gym shorts on flip flops and a t shirt and the kids were all you know sweaty and stuff because it was hot you know Did I mention it was hot down there flip flops short okay anyway, sorry i don 't want to make anybody stumble this morning as we 're about to have snow but i I, walk, I walked into the the church I just, just said hey girls let's go let 's go into the church for a little bit, and they 're all like, "Can we play on the playground because our idea of vacation isn't going into the church, right? And so I walked into this, this church, and I'm talking to the church secretary, and she thinks I need Jesus right right away just because of how I looked. And so she's trying to find a pastor for to, to come in, and talk to me. And in walks the senior pastor. In um, walks the senior pastor. And he, he stops and talks, and he's been at this church for 20-plus years, and he's seen it go from like 100 people, and now they run like... Thirteen hundred on a Sunday, and God just blessed this church, and it's just unreal. And he says, "Tell me about your church in Maine." And I'm like, "Oh, I don't think you want to hear everything." We're, you know, and he, no. He's like, "Tell me everything." So I gave him the forty thousand foot view of our last year, walking through a merger and 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 you know, uh, two facilities and, and this whole thing. And he's like, "Man, that's awesome." He's like, "How are you doing?" I'm like, "Well, you know, it's been kind of..." Kind of tiring. He's like, man, I bet, but that's just awesome. Like, that's amazing. I can't believe you could. I didn't, we would never be able to do that down here. We'd never be able to do that down here. And I was like, well, don't. First of all, don't ever tell God what you won't do, what you're not willing to do. Because I tried that, and we walked through a merger. So just don't careful, okay, buddy. And, um, and and it was super encouraging. He's like, so everybody believes that they're better together. I said, yeah. They're saying it now. He's like, well, keep reminding them. I was like, okay. And then, as I'm driving home, that was the prayer of Jesus for Summit Church. For all of those who will believe that they may be one. How can we be one? Number one, coming together is a beginning. Coming together is a beginning. The tragedy of life is not that it ends so soon. The tragedy of life is that we wait so long to begin it. You know, snowflakes, which we're about to experience right here, maybe now, I'm not sure are one of nature's most fragile things. Snowflakes are one of nature's most fragile things. But just look at what they can do when they stick together. They can wreak havoc. They can wreak havoc. I was, I was plowing the other day. I had the kids in the car a couple weeks ago. And, and we tried to push a little too far and we just went boom! And Ezzy in the backseat, whoa, daddy! <laughs> because we hit a bunch of snowflakes that had come together and wreaked havoc on our necks. Coming together is a beginning. What we've done here is just a beginning. It's just a beginning. Just a beginning. We haven't accomplished anything yet. We're just beginning to scrape the tip of the iceberg of what God's wanting to do in and through. His church coming together is a beginning, number two, keeping together is progress. keeping together is progress, pressing toward the mark. Our goal is to make progress every day of our lives. First Timothy chapter four verses thirteen through sixteen. Paul tells Timothy, Until I come, devote yourself to the public reading of Scripture, to exhortation, to teaching. Do not neglect the gift that you have, which was given to you by prophecy when the council of elders laid their hands on you. Verse 15, Practice these things, immerse yourself in them, so that all may see your progress. Coming together is the beginning. Keeping together is progress. And then number three, Working together is success. Working together is success. What the church needs is to be united in love under the Father, and then they may expect to have power. What the church needs is to be united in brotherly love under the Father, then we may expect to have power. John Wesley said it well when he said, I want the world, excuse me, I want the whole Christ for my Savior. I want the whole Bible for my book. And I want the whole church for my fellowship. And I want the whole world for my mission field. I pray for all who will believe that they may be one, that they may see themselves as one with one mission, you are on his mind.